curated by Future Forum. This is part eight of the 20 Minute City podcast. A little longer than 20 minutes, a conversation with some interesting people at the intersection between their sense of well-being and the city we live in. Welcome to season two. I'm Dino Vrignos, creative director of Future Forum, architect and director of Dust Studio. Over this eight-part series, we're going to introduce you to some inspiring young people charting a course forward here in South Australia and beyond. The movers and shakers, the innovators and disruptors, the elite performers and the unicorn makers. They will share their story, their trials, tribulations and triumphs. And we'll have a bit of fun the way to. I am Sarah Horseman and I'm the founder and creative director of Dust Studio. As a maker of beautiful spaces, Sarah in a short period has gone from being a team of one to 20 and transitioned from the responsibility of projects to people. As the founder of architecture and design practice Dust Studio, Sarah has set about creating a new version of creative consultancy, one that draws on the talents of many and empowers this enthusiastic collective to make a big impact, all whilst maintaining balance in work, life and play. Sarah's story is one of commitment to her craft, owning her journey, and making the path to get there, even when it seems to be changing daily. And with that, let's get started. Where we must, at the beginning. Our 20 minutes starts now. Well, this is actually quite an exciting moment for me because I get to sit down in a beautiful spot here in the southern parklands, Midgey Gardens, and introduce you all to learn a little bit more about my wife and business partner, Sarah Louise Horseman, founder and creative director of Das Studio. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you, Dino. Sorry, this is a little bit funny sitting here trying to be very straight-faced having an interview with you. I'm I'm hopeful I'm going to learn some things about you today that perhaps I didn't know, but we start where we must at the beginning and I think there's people that want to hear your version of the Das Studio story. So the floor is yours. Cool. So a little bit about about me. Starting at the beginning, I'm one of three siblings. I'm the eldest. Uh, I grew up sort of down south in Adelaide. I've lived here all my life. I guess I have been a bit creative um, from as far back as I can remember. Um, and I was very fortunate that my parents saw that in me and nurtured that Um, as I was growing up, which is really great. These days, I guess I refer to myself as an interior designer, first and foremost. I wear a lot of hats, Um, but that wasn't always the path that I'd planned on taking. Um, Immediately after finishing school, I had um, got into the visual communications degree at UniSA. And a couple of weeks before I was meant to start the degree, I had to have my third knee reconstruction. um, And so decided to take the year off instead. During that time, I sort of reevaluated things. And I knew that no matter what I was doing, it had to be something where I was making and creating because that's what I've always loved. Fortunately, a friend of mine who had a father who was an architect said to me one day, you know, well, why don't you try architecture? Um, And it was as simple as that really. Like I hadn't put any thought into it. We were sitting down looking at that book that you look through when you're applying for university degrees and she's just like, you know, I think you'd be a good architect. And 
I was just like, okay, cool, fine. I'll apply to architecture instead. So after taking a few years off between school and starting university, I um, commenced my architecture degree at UniSA, which is where I met you. And I loved it. I loved being surrounded by, I guess, people who thought very similarly to the way that I think. And I think that I wasn't, um, the school that I had gone to wasn't really focused on, you know, the design side of things. And it wasn't until I got to university that it really opened my mind as to what the possibilities are and how you can make a career out of something that you're truly passionate about. Um, So I think quite lucky in that aspect. But after finishing the Bachelor of Architecture, Um, around the same time as when you had finished your master's, it was the start of the global financial crisis Um, and there were no firms who were hiring. All of the new graduates were losing their jobs and I sort of thought to myself, well, I love uni and I love architecture but do I love it enough to, you know, graduate and then have difficulty finding a job? So... I decided to stop that degree. I don't even know if like Seek existed at the time, but I was <laughs> flicking through the newspaper and I saw an interior design firm were looking for a recent graduate. And even though that's not what I had studied, it was something that I had an interest in. And so I thought, why not give it a go? Um, I got an interview. I went in, maybe fortunately enough, I didn't get the job, but a um, architecture firm who was sharing a space with that interior designer um, saw me walk into the office for the interview and I happened to be wearing yellow stockings um, (laughs) for the interview and um, the head architect, Dimity Anderson, um, said to the interior designer, who was the girl in the yellow stockings, I'm looking for someone. I love the fact that she wore yellow stockings to a job interview. So I got a phone call from her not too many days later and that kind of started my career in the architecture industry, working for her casually um, while I was figuring out, yeah, what next steps I wanted to take in my design career. You managed to also plant me in that environment as well, didn't you? Yes, 12 months later. So can all be traced back to to Sarah and those yellow stockings, (laughs) the genesis of the whole story? So um, during that time working in that office, um, I did eventually end up doing a little bit of work for um, the interior designer, Julie Peter of Cush Design as well. Um, She also comes from a furniture design background and I really loved that side of what the job was like the furniture and objects side of things and um, decided maybe that's what I wanted to more get into as opposed to architecture so I went back to university and I started a degree in industrial design and I'm a I guess glass half full type person I'll take on any opportunity and make the most of any situation so yeah it was a really great degree and by the end of it I was just like, okay, I'm going to be a furniture designer. I wanted to make furniture. I wanted to design furniture. And um, for me, I had this vision in my mind of working from like the back room of our house. But it's, you know, it's a hard road to take. I think that, you know, when you've got a mortgage and all the rest of it, that it's something that takes time. And so I thought, okay, maybe I might pivot Um, and see if I can get a job um, 
designing furniture, but maybe using both of my skills that I learned through both of my degrees of architecture and industrial design. Um, and I ended up working for an interior design firm um, who did a lot of hospitality design. And um, I guess my first project for them was working on a large hospitality venue in New South Wales. I think the idea was that I was just going to select all of the furniture items, but I had said to the directors, well, would you be okay if I actually just designed a lot of this stuff? So um, it was really great being able to find myself in a position where I could take all of the skills that I'd learned along my journey and kind of create my own niche in the architecture and interiors world. And after a while, I realised that I can, I can do it all. You know, there's opportunities to really merge all of those skills and kind of create my own unique path. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back with the rest of our chat with Sarah. In all we do, we strive for better. Better processes, better relationships, better outcomes. We challenge convention and refuse to accept the way it is as the way it should be. We are generous with our time and with each other because we believe that giving is better than taking. And what do we do? Well, we are makers. Makers of spaces. Makers of solutions. Makers of joy. Making a difference to make every day better. At Dust Studio, we make better. And so, we've heard Sarah's story. And now, we'll learn a little more about finding balance through periods of change and why the sum of all parts is greater than the whole. So you spent a good part of 12 months in that kind of mode of running Dust Studio by yourself from the the front of our, our home. It started to get a bit manic though towards the end of that period because we reached a real crossroads, right? Yeah, I got to a point where um, after 12 months, uh, there was maybe too much work um, for me to handle and we, you had always said to me in the beginning, if it gets to a point where you need to hire somebody, I'll come and join you. But I think maybe the reality of that, we didn't think that it was going to happen as quickly as it did. Um, and maybe it was, I don't know, a throwaway comment from you at the time. It's fair to say it was a throwaway comment. <laughs> um, but I held you to that. And um, yeah, I said, well, I need help. Um, I can hire somebody or you can come and join me. And so with a bit of arm twisting, yeah, at the start of, what was it, 2019? February 2019. Yeah, you came and joined me and um, it was just the two of us working from the front room of our home. Um, I always thought that that's just what it would be, just you and I working from home, designing houses. Then what happened? We exploded. (laughs) How did that happen? (laughs) I guess, you know, we started to get some larger commercial projects um, and sort of put our foot in the ring um, to work on some education projects um, in the modular construction space. And um, what was one school project quickly turned into 12, then 15 school projects. Um, And so we had to grow the team pretty fast. So we worked from our home with one employee for a while. Um, that was 
that was interesting and decided that maybe we need a little bit of separation between work and life. Um, so we moved into a small office in Kent Town um, that was big enough for six people, but we outgrew that within six months. Um, there was a period of time there where there was nine of us working from that office and I didn't even have a desk. So I would have to stand up with a laptop on a bench space and just work without a seat. We then split our team across two offices um, while we were looking to move into a larger space and eventually we settled in McLaren Street in the city um, and our team is now up to 17, which is crazy to think that back at the start of 2019, it was just you and I in the front room of our house. You mentioned that, you know, we'd grown to a team of 17 and that happened very, very quickly. We'd moved into our McLaren Street office, but that, of course, was about March 2020. Yep. What else happened in March 2020? <laughs> COVID. <laughs> yep. It was all a bit of a whirlwind. Finally, we were so excited to move into our new space and then two weeks later, we all moved out again. Thankfully, being in Adelaide, that wasn't too long-lived and we were all back together again soon. But yeah, I don't think anything's really been quite straightforward. How, how much do you think Adelaide and you know the things that we are so grateful for here have contributed to our story so far? Firstly, I think... The cost of living, in all honesty, has really contributed to that. I think the fact that we can live so close to the city, the mortgages aren't, well, at the time that we bought our home, weren't super ridiculous here in South Australia. It sort of meant that we weren't tied down financially, which gave us more flexibility to be able to take risks. Um, and then I think the second thing is just, you know, the, the ease of um, connecting to people in South Australia. We're small, but we have mighty communities here. And um, I think it's quite easy to, with anything that you're trying to do, find the right person to speak to about whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And it's not six degrees of separation. It's like two degrees of separation here. And, and do you think we'll always be here? You know, family is really important to both of us. Um, we've both grown up in Adelaide all our lives and um, most of our family still live here. And I think I love the way that we can live so close to the city. I mean, we're sitting here in the beautiful Hamidji Gardens in the South Parklands today, um, which is sort of halfway between our office and our home. And just being able to live five minutes from work, um, the ease of that. I think those extra hours that you get every day from not having to have this great commute to work. Um, I love that. And you've, you've touched on the Himiji Gardens as being a favourite part of your Adelaide. I mean, what, what is it about this place in terms of the parklands and the Adelaide geography and everything about the place? Are there any other special spots that mean a lot to you? Well, I guess over the past decade, you and I have lived on all, I mean, a five minute walk maybe from all four sides of the parklands. And so it's it's, true. it's been a kind of um, continual thread in our lives that sort of working in the city and living just outside of the city and riding our bikes or walking through the parklands um, to get to work. And it's just, I don't know, I think we're very lucky to have this in Adelaide. It's it's beautiful and I think that, you know, it, for so long it has just been this underutilised space and there are ways that you can activate the parklands without taking away from um, the beautiful natural state that 
it is. Um, I think, you know, you want to do that. We need more cafes, restaurants, like just event spaces um, to bring people to some of these more underutilised corners of the city um, because it's a great asset. So with this beautiful amenity that we have here enveloping the city in the parklands, it's been part of our story for pretty much most of the time we've been together. How much has the parklands and I guess this city contributed to your well-being? I guess like one of my biggest values is um, happiness and mental health. It's nice to have somewhere that you can get away um, and kind of focus um, on yourself, get away from your phone, get away from your laptop. And I guess I spend a lot of time um, being like really connected to people in that way. And I like it that when, you know, I can just go for a five minute walk from our home or from our office and I can escape from all of that, which I really need from a downtime perspective. I guess being married to your business partner, you never really, (laughs) we never really switch off. Like I think that (laughs) 97% of the conversations that we have somehow revolve around work and it's, it's not a bad thing. I think that, you know, some people might see it as a bad thing, but I guess we just, we truly live and breathe what we do and we love what we do. I wouldn't have it any other way, but um, I do need to be specific about the ways that I switch off from work and really getting out into nature, even if it is just, you know, in this belt of green that's surrounding the city, um, you know, it's a good, it's a good escape. And we've been, you know, really quiet regimented in some of those rules around, you know, Sunday nights, kind of downtime when allowed to... Talk about work on a Sunday night. That's exactly right. <laughs> how, how important has it been that we've been able to lean on each other through this to sort of feed off of each other to get through some of these trials and tribulations as we've grown this business together? I don't think we could have ever done it without each other. Oh, definitely not. I mean, you know, maybe I could have tried, but I think that the outcome would have been completely different. Um, but just having that constant sounding board is really important. I, I take my hat off to people who do it in isolation because I think that I'm the sort of person that needs to talk through an idea. I'm the sort of person that gets excited by other people's excitement and, you know, really I need to bounce off other people and have that energy of collaboration. And I think that you and I both bring quite different things to the table and yeah our business is stronger for it how important has it been in terms of this amazing team that we've been fortunate enough to pull together the fact that they're just fundamentally people that are aligned in our way of thinking and share the same values yeah well i i love our team the group of people that we get to spend every day with. And I think that um, our strategy for growing our team and for hiring the people that we have has been really based around um, attitude and culture. Um, And I think, you know, when we started growing the business and we started bringing other people into the fold, I don't know if we had a real strategy around what we wanted to achieve in the long run, because I think we've just been running but being deliberate about I guess a hiring strategy and about 
bringing people to the team who care about the same things as what we do, have a similar attitude to what we do, are just genuinely good people who want to do good work. I think that it's it's more important to hire people based on personality and attitude maybe than technical skills. In our field, people can be taught, you know, how to be better designers or how to document a building, but you can't teach someone to have a better attitude. So let's project forward then instead and, and maybe, you know, what, what, what do you think the future looks like for you and for DAS and what are the things that you want to be doing in the future? I think that I'm really looking forward to just our team growing, not maybe growing in numbers. <laughs> I know that you and I sort of have different ideas around this. I'm quite happy with where we're sitting at the moment. And We'll only get as big as 10. We'll only be 10. We'll be 10. Oh, no, maybe 20. No, we'll see. <laughs> but maybe just growing um, individually, growing as individuals and developing as designers and architects. And I think that's what I love most about I guess having our own practice and having our own team of wonderful people is watching all of them grow as individuals. For me, that's the most rewarding part about having our business. Um, But looking forward as well as that, I think I just want to get the opportunity to work on projects that um, make a difference in people's lives. For me, that is what design and architecture is all about. It's about making people's lives and their work day or just better. It's about making it better. I think that, um, yeah, that's a really enjoyable part about what we do. And I'm just looking forward to getting more opportunities to do that with a wider audience. Do you, do you think we do enough to take time out to actually reflect and, and actually look at our own personal growth in terms of how much <laughs> we've changed? Like you're a boss now, right? You're responsible for people's livelihoods. Do you actually take a second to stop and think about that every now and then? Oh, I feel like we haven't really had a second to stop and think over the past three years. But, um, you know, obviously there are there have been stressful times, but we got through it and um, I think we're more resilient for it. But I studied degrees in design. I didn't study business. And so maybe it's not really... I go a path that I ever saw for myself, but as we've just really, in all honesty, been making it up as we go along, I've realized um, how much I love that side of things. And even though, you know, it would be my dream just to be able to sit around and spend 100% of my time designing, I think that the business side of um, our practice and everything that I've learned about running a company, I think has been surprisingly rewarding. I want to close with giving you the opportunity to talk about your big idea what's what's the thing that's going to change everything (laughs) i think uh we both know that you're probably more the big ideas guy um than what i am i am very small detail focused so maybe we'll leave all the big ideas up to you and i'll just help you to make them happen deal sarah thank you thank you dino this has been delightful Thanks to Sarah for sharing her story and taking us through her city. If you'd like to find out more about Sarah and the business she leads, you can do that at das-studio.com.au. 20 Minute City is a podcast series created by Future Forum in collaboration with Das Studio and City Mag. If 20 minutes isn't enough, head to future-forum.com.au for more from the people who make Adelaide better.
And just like that, our time is up. 20 Minute City has been produced on Ghana Country.